Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Roger Tulsis. As I mentioned, we'll take calls with Roger next hour, perhaps share some of your stories as well. Roger, does the Wi-Fi affect everybody or is it different for everybody? Well, it, I think it's different for everybody. It has There's a lot of factors, though. Uh, you know, the, your distance from your uh, router makes a big difference. Good point. You know, Good the, point. the energy field will, will have as, as you go further away. So uh, that's the first thing. The other thing about it is that a lot of people are smart in the sense that, you know, if you have to have one, I, I personally am never going to have one again. But if you have to have one, put it on a timer so that it's only operating during hours that you may need it. So you're during that's your sleeping hours, you don't need it. You put it on a timer and shut it down totally. Good idea. Now you here's, here's the interesting thing is, though, I, I took out my $60,000 spectrum analyzer in my home here. I'm on five, five, five acres in Idaho. And I, and I uh, tuned in the uh, 2.4 gig band that uh, all the Wi-Fi is on. And even though I've got, uh, I've got five acres, I can still see five neighbors. Oh. And the signal strength that comes through from their routers is sometimes as high as minus 40 uh, dBm, which is almost about the same level as a radio station. And they're, and they're acres away from you. They are. Wow. They are. You need binoculars to see my neighbors. But the routers, you know, the thing about about the frequency hopping is it's all pulses and that's the reason it interferes with our body electric because if it wasn't so uh, if, if you know it's it jumps millions of times a second so it's it's such that and it's uh, it's such that it can interfere with any kind of waveform including your heart but that's not your only electrical system you know your whole body is an electrical system your whole nervous system Everything that controls your muscles and your mind, and I mean, the, just think about the brain for, for for a minute. Absolutely. I mean, people are suffering from massive anxiety lately. Most people say it's because of COVID. Who's to say it's not things like this? Yeah, you know, I've, I've experienced the anxiety from routers before. When I first moved in this house, my wife's computer was across the room, and the router was was on the other side of the room, and I was in the vector of the of the, the path of the microwave. So that's the uplink and the downlink. And uh, I would be sitting in my chair, and I would get uh, anxiety attacks. And I finally figured that out, and I went and rerouted the uh, the phone line over to the other side of the room in the same zone as the computer, so it was no longer passing through me. So I've experienced directly the, the uh, anxiety problem. That's interesting. Now, you say there's electronic shielding methods. What's, what are some of those? All right. Well, the primary one that we use is, is this electrostatic unit. And, of course, uh, they can look at it that, look, see what it looks like at electrostatichealing.com. But what that is is it's two panels that act as gigantic antennas, and both panels are at the same electrical potential, about 11,000 volts. But this is biocompatible energy. In other words, I'm running voltages that actually charge your 14 trillion cells. I'm going at the voltages that will keep your life force where you want it to be. Once again, you know, our, our whole body, uh, all those cells are like little batteries. So you have 14 trillion batteries in your body. And as long as those batteries stay charged, your life force is good. But if those batteries, the mini batteries, start to lose their charge, then you start to die. We're just like your automobile, you know, when the battery in your car gets low and you, you start right. to crank it over and eventually it goes to where it won't crank at all. 
And of course, for us, the equivalent would be that we're dead. We've lost enough of the life force that we can no longer keep in existence. The heart can't keep beating. So, at any rate, uh, this is what this machine does. But it also puts you in, it saturates your body with this biocompatible energy so that other energies like your neighbor's routers can't really get to you because you're, bio, you're, you're biosaturated with, the, with the, uh, the positive energy that's biocompatible. And do you, do you plug this unit in? Say it again? Does, it, does this unit plug in? Yeah, it plugs in the wall. The, there's uh, two power modules, and those are the modules I had to go to China to have manufactured. These are things that I've designed over the years. And uh, you have to find the exact kind of energy field that will be biocompatible and will be positive to your body, where, where, where on the other side of the coin, the stuff that comes out of your router, being frequency hopping pulses, billions of them, uh, are very interfering uh, energies for your natural human body uh, electrical system. Do you still get calls to go to people's houses and they ask you, sweep this place for me? Yeah, I, I do have that. But, you know, everything was shut down during the COVID. Right. Um, of course. You know, really, there was uh, people weren't Sadly. weren't doing anything, and we didn't have... You know, it was kind of nice. Cause I got quite a bit of time off, but now, I mean, the dam broke now. It's just not, I've got 10 clients from all over the world waiting to get get with me, and, uh, and, and the machines are flying out the door. How far, far will you travel for a client? Well, I used to travel quite a bit, but at this point, I'm not traveling at all. I'm, I'm staying out of California because I just don't want to have to deal with, the, uh, first of all, there's nothing going on. Uh, you know, uh, when I was in Palm Springs uh, April of the prior year, I'd never seen it. It looked like something out of the Twilight Zone. It was a ghost town. Here's, here's, And I'm afraid it's going to go back to that. Well, you know, but that's, let, let, let's talk about that colloidal silver. Because that's how I killed it when I got it. Because what happened was in September of last year, I had an 80-year-old friend that was that, that had been on a ventilator for several weeks, and they didn't think he was going to make it. But he did pull out somehow. So when I finally saw him, I gave him a hug. And then a couple of days later, I started to get... You got it. Uh, started with sore throat. So the way I attacked it, and the only thing I used was colloidal silver. I've got colloidal silver in an ounce bottle with a spray nozzle on the top, a pump spray. How long did it take before it kicked in? Well, it killed, as I applied it, it killed the zone that it was attacking. So the first thing that happened with mine is it went for my throat. So I had this massive sore throat. So you take the colloidal silver and you spray it directly on the, the sore throat. You spray it three sprays once every three hours, and you go all night. You don't skip the sleeping hours. You set your timer on your, on your stove or something, and you get up and you do it. So I killed, that. I killed the throat part in about 24 hours. Then it went up into my sinuses, and it started to get that normal kind of congestion that you get with a cold because it is a virus. And so when the immune system goes into fighting things in your sinuses, it, uh, it makes an environment where bacteria now can go along with this. And now you have virus and bacteria, and you get the congestion. So it took me about four days of every three hours snorting the colloidal silver up into my sinuses, and I killed it there. Then it went down, tried to go down to my chest, which is, of course, the most devastating place. Yeah, that's where it gets you. Well, yeah, this is a, an inflammatory uh, lung, lung disease. So I huffed it. 
So in other words, you open your throat, you open your mouth, and you spray as you inhale, taking the, the colloidal down into your lungs. And that took about another three days. And then after 10 days, I killed it totally. It's done. Not How do you feel now? You feel good? Yeah, I feel great. I don't have any, any, anything left over because I, I never let it get to the, to the point where the, the virus colonized to that level where it really did destruction. Every place it went, I was destroying it ongoing, and I never gave it a chance to really to get, to get uh, into, into my system in a problem manner. So I just, I just killed it. And every, everywhere it went, I just killed it. I chased it around my body, and that was it. It's done. And I'm and I'm around people with COVID now, and I don't I don't have any any problems at all. So do you wear the mask? Of course you do, I guess. Right? What's that? Do you wear the mask? No, I never. I you never, don't really. I never wore a mask. It's uh, mandatory well, back here in L.A. County. Yeah, well, that's it's not that way up here. But uh, the thing about the mask is that I it, I don't really think it gives you protection anyway. And of course, you know, you had this uh, this. Uh, guy, this government guy telling you that the, well, the reason we told you at first not to use the mask was because we wanted to save him for somebody else. But Fauci, you know, Fauci. he's he's so self-conflicting that I don't know how anybody believes him. But he's typical for the government. I mean, if I say the federal government's going to do something, what 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 do you think is the percentage of times that they're actually successful at at what they want to do? Just just throw out a number. Twenty percent. There you go. So 80% of the time, they're wrong. Yeah. So why would you go ahead and trust anything that was going to be 80% wrong almost in, in every in every case? So When you got into this, you were a believer with a lot of people. You obviously saw things happen that made you change. On which thing? All, all these things. Well, I've always been a guy that wanted wanted to hear all the alternatives to everything. But I've been around the government long enough to know. You know I mean, they they've been spying on me for you know the NSA and all that. They even threw me in jail for a while. So for what? Uh, for assisting uh, bug bug sweeping people that they had warrants for, and I upset their wiretaps and I upset their uh, bugs and that kind of stuff. So I became an enemy of the state there for a while because you know the people were just exercising their Fourth Amendment right to make sure that their that their location was not being uh, compromised. Sure, and it was just your job to find it. Yeah, exactly. And it was funny because at one point uh, um, I was testing my my attorney's lines, and they were tapping his lines as well. That's not smart. Them. Well, it's you know totally uh, against the, the whole principle of, of uh, attorney client, uh, attorney client, and also just that the legal system should be a level level a level system for everybody. You remember Royal Rife and his apparatus? Oh, I more than remember him. I studied him. Tell us a little bit about him. Well, <clears throat> here's here's a, a man back in the 19 late 20s that was a microscope builder. He built uh, optical microscopes for a company in Germany. I forget their name. He was a great technician. Zeiss. Zeiss. Okay. So uh, he designed these microscopes. Then we came back to the United States. He put together this massive microscope. It was the most sophisticated microscope. And if people look it up uh, on the Internet, have a look at this thing, it's just such precision machining. So... <clears throat> that was the Rife microscope. It was the, uh, he has a name for it. But at any rate, 
It had a 50,000 power, which is really pretty ridiculous. That's that's a tremendous amount of power. For a microscope, sure is. I mean, this is not an electron microscope where it used electron beams to, to do things like the modern ones. So what he wanted to do was he wanted to see if he could, through electromagnetics, cure cancer. So what he did is he asked, he was down in the San Diego area, and he asked, he went to the cancer hospitals, and he said, please give me cancer from breast cancer from, from women, and I'm going to go culture it. So he actually was growing breast cancer in a Petri dish. So then what he did, and this is, uh, you know, this is back in 1928, and as far as uh, transmission equipment, you only had AM radio. So he went out and bought AM radio transmitters that were the kinds that you'd use for broadcast. Mm -hmm. And he would put these different uh, uh, cancers uh, that he grew under the microscope, and he would would run frequencies to find out what frequency would destroy the cells of the cancer. Interesting. If if at all, right? Well, he was able to get it done. He called it the mortality oscillatory rate. So he found the frequencies, which was about 1.6 megahertz. Was it a different frequency for the different cancers? I think it was, yeah. Okay. And well, now, now when people use the Rife machines, there's a book of list of frequencies to use, including COVID. Okay. Yeah. So what happened was, is he went to the local hospital and he said, send me your cancer patients that you can no longer heal. Let me see what I can do with them. So he started to radiate these people with this machine at the frequencies that killed the, um, the, the Petri dishes, and he was able to heal uh, 18 out of the, tw- and the 20 people. That's remarkable. Remarkable. Now, the terrible thing that happened was is that this is the time when the AMA and the drug cartel were starting to get the power. They went after him, didn't they? Yeah, they, they burned down his laboratory. Did they arrest him, too? No, they just destroyed his life. They turned him into an alcoholic. And, uh, Did he die penniless? Pretty much. But his technology lived on. Well, they destroyed all his machine. They made a point because he had manufactured a group of machines. For it's like people. Tesla. They took all his documents and everything yeah. else. Yeah. But the interesting part is that, the, remember the, the Jeff Garf that I had on the show with you uh, yeah. a couple of years ago? Well, what happened was is that the, one, one of his machines went to England, and it... And it uh, and it it still existed. They didn't they didn't destroy it as they did all the ones in America. So Jeff went over there and reverse engineered it, and that's how he came up with the GB four thousand. It's an exact thing. It actually has tubes in it. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at one a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.